Welcome to episode 10 of FPRL special live in studio podcast edition. This is Carrie joined by Brett. Good to have you here today. How's it going, Carrie? Uh, it's going well. Uh, good to have you in Atlanta um, to record the first ever live edition of FPRL. Uh, we're going to get rolling here. The in-game date, this is uh, the first... Just finishing the 2022 season, 10th anniversary of the PL. Um, give us a rundown here of the regular season. So the Premier League was probably the most competitive season of all 10. I would agree with that. Like the most even balance. I think it's finally getting to the point where we're seeing parity in all three leagues and not just like two steamrollers and then like LOL who doesn't get relegated. Yes, we uh, switched up the format. This is the first year of the Tournament of Champions. Um, still four spots to make it into the uh, the postseason tournament. Uh, running down the standings, Boston uh, with 77 wins, followed by Richardson City with 69 wins. Nice. Uh, and Atlanta and Chicago finishing up at the top of the table with 66. Uh Casey Buckhead Fort Worth in the middle with about 55 wins. And in the relegation zone, we had Louisville. And then way down there, Phoenix and Brooklyn. Tell you what, it feels good to say Brooklyn at the bottom of the table. That that does feel good. You haven't seen that pretty much since season one when he finished like ninth or something like that. And it wasn't it was autopilot AI, so. And yeah, and it wasn't even the uh the current GM Troy of no. the eight-time champion. Brooklyn Dodgers. So yeah, no the um, the season was real competitive. It was fun, even aside from the Phoenix and Brooklyn. You know, you had eight kind of quality teams. You know, you had the the lower end of quality and the upper end of quality, but there there weren't too many series outside of those Brooklyn Phoenix series where you could be certain that it was a lock. Like it was it was still very competitive. Each team had at least a couple good starters. That could do damage on any day, so it was it was a fun fun season to play out. I think there were th- three mini storylines in there. Boston still the best team, uh, and the, the Brooklyn fire sale, which we've already covered. Yeah, but uh, the three mini storylines: Atlanta, who was playing and still played over its metrics all I think, year. I think they ended nine over again. So for a lifetime, like 45 over. <laughs> they have. Um, so they, they stuck with it. It'd be a 108-game season. You're going to have some of that. Yeah. Uh, also, when teams faded, they did it a little bit late. Um, my team, Buckhead, was in contention, relative in contention, for probably 60 70% yeah, of the season. For sure, yeah. It wasn't just a situation where right off the bat, um, out of the playoff picture, same with Fort Worth, um, because they were a good team, just wasn't weren't getting the bounces. Yeah. Well, you had that initial part of the season, like the first third, where you had everyone, every, the top seven you had within three or four games of each other. And then you started to see that spread out with uh, Boston. You know, eventually people just couldn't keep up with them. And then you had Rock City, uh, kind of started low, lower in the table. Like they were, they were fourth, fifth-ish for a while, and then they they finally started getting to form. Um, and it, it kind of ended the way everyone I think would have expected, aside from Atlanta. I think people might have thought Fort Worth or Buckhead would have taken that fourth spot, maybe even KC over Atlanta. But 
uh, as you know, if you account for Atlanta's hotness at the beginning of the season, then of course this is probably how you'd expect it to play out. Yeah, and you talk about in terms of uh, the league, especially with the cash cap in place, it mm-hmm. it limits the very best teams from just totally restocking IFAs and then just churning them. Um, then just cashing them right. them in three or four of them in for the best player and just keeping the process going over and over. Right. So, so, so my question is going forward. Mm-hmm. How what do you see the future of the PL looking like? Um, I think with and we'll get into the promotion relegation series later. But once likely Phoenix leaves as well, and we get two uh, two teams from the Silver League, Vancouver, and you know whoever wins that matchup. Between who is it? Uh, Nova, Nova, and, and uh, between Houston. Yep. Yeah. So we're gonna get two. I'd say Fort Worth quality teams. Yep. Maybe one a little. You know, like in that realm into the Premier League next year, and then it's it's really gonna be even smoother than it was. I, I think the upper end of wins. Like, I think if. Your upper 60s, I think that's going to be winning the Premier League. Um, I think maybe like like 72 might be like the Premier League top end. But it's just going to be a lot tighter, which means it's going to be more exciting going down the road. And and that, that, ver- that 108-game variance is going to happen even more. And you could see... You, I mean, I, you could see teams like the Gold Sox or, or Atlanta... Or ACKC, any of those teams that could be in the middle could be fighting to get out of that number eight spot just because the spread of wins is maybe like ten to fifteen across the whole table. Yeah, I would, I would definitely agree with that. I don't see I don't see a team that's poised for a sell off next year, where you know, my team may not be very good and we do have some pieces, but yeah. we don't have any expensive pieces. There's no, no there's no extra expensive pieces. Everybody's locked up, so we may go down, but I won't need to sell anybody off. No, it'll just do, be you bumping back up. To, Every, everyone's to, to locked in. Of course, Boston's locked in, you know, forever. Yeah. Everyone's locked in for the next couple years, aside from like Louisville. They're losing Pittman to free agency, so I think Louisville may be the only case where they're just like a, a locked up number nine, number ten seed. Aside from that, everyone's locked in on their. Like growth curve, I guess you could say, and you're not going to see fluctuation for a couple seasons, aside from those bottom teams that get unfortunate enough to uh, become relegated. Yeah, and I think that the, the teams coming up are pretty quality, um, both run by two really good managers. We saw Houston come and win the Cup this year. Right. Uh, the first non-PL team to win the Cup, that says a lot. Um, sure, it's a random tournament, sure, and, yeah. and crazy things happen. But their ability to play with the Premier League teams along the way, right. I think it kind of speaks to that. Uh, so I think next year, the PL uh, may be the most fun of all time. I still think at the top, you've got you've got Boston, the odds-on favorite. Um, I think it'll be much tighter with uh, RC, yeah. and then the Gold Sox in there. And then the fourth spot probably is, is definitely wide open. Um, I mean, I, I could plausibly see Vancouver or Houston being the fourth spot, so... Yeah, I, I, you're right. I don't think that's out of the question. Uh, so moving on down the leagues, we have the the SL this year, and uh, the SL was a very solid league. 
I think, um, not looking at any numbers, but I would guess that they did the best in the cup in terms of at least group play that they've, they've ever right. done. Yeah, there was a lot of Silver League um, presence in the the um, the the top tier cup. You had Vancouver in there, Houston in there. I want to say Nova was in there. Yes, uh, the Hawks were in there. Yes, and so was okay. Well, that was it. But that's still four solid teams that made decent runs into the cup, and it was uh, it was a lot more fun than just like a, a Premier League Invitational. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, you had Vancouver winning the cup, or sorry, winning the SL championship. Yep. Uh, they were six games clear at the top of the table, followed by Houston, Nova, and uh, you had New Amsterdam missing out on the promotion series by one game. They missed the uh, 109th game. Okay, yes. Yeah. Yes. They had the 109th game against Nova that they lost, got shelled by Nova, unfortunately. Kind of sucks for New Amsterdam. I've always wanted to see them get promoted again, and I think they're on the tail end of their chance to do that after so many seasons of just getting second or third and then losing the releg- uh, promotion series. Uh, yes, New Amsterdam's always been around. They were part of the first promotion. Um, they were part of the 2014 promotion series they won. Went up in 15 and then got slammered in the Premier League and went back down in 16. And since then, they really haven't been. Um, they haven't been bad. No. Um, just the last couple of years: fourth, third, second, third, seventh, but fourth, fourth. Upon going back down to the Silver League after a twenty-eight and yeah, essentially and eighty campaign back when, in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, and when you count this season's hundred ninth game, they've they've essentially had four promotion series in a row. Um, yep. You know, it just sucks to keep losing those. And they, they do have some old guys, so it's going to be really, really interesting to watch uh, how they do <clears throat> the moves they make going forward. Right. Uh, your two teams that went down last year, uh, Toledo and Grafton. Grafton looks like they could be headed for the ML, the, the double trap door there, <laughs> while Toledo came in at 57 and 51, uh, yeah. holding so, their own mid-table in so, the, the SL. Yeah, Toledo's playing... About where they should be in the Silver League, um, they're certainly not worse than that, and I think I think they floated around in the Premier League a season longer than they should have, so they finally got bumped down. Of course, he ran like God Pythag. It looks like plus seven as we're looking at it. Especially especially heartbreaking for New Amsterdam is them coming in at minus eight. Yeah, when uh, Toledo at plus seven. Yeah, um, Dave, then... Dave ran plus six, and I know that was something he was concerned with, but. I remember talking to him a couple weeks ago when there was only like 20 games left in the season. He's like, "Well, I'm plus six Pythag, but those games are already done." So right, they're already you already bank you already bank those wins. You hope that you can just play even the rest of the way. Um, in New Amsterdam, was they were true to their base runs as well. Um, so everything everything lines up there. So a real heartbreaker for them finishing um, just out of the money there. Capital District with a league record-setting losing streak in there after being promoted, um, just got crushed back down, and then we'll see still some uh, baseball to be played between Grafton and Detroit. Uh, Heading down to the ML, 
Uh, ML, good to see Oakland. Oakland finishes four games clear at the top of the table with Thunder Bay, D.C., Las Vegas, and Rocky Mountain rounding out the rest of the playoffs. And then um, way, way down there, you have Hartford, the worst team in USBA history. So what was your take on the ML this year between um, those two sides? So the sorry on the bottom, the Hartford storyline is just great. You know, you've got a team that won the league the first season. Grand, no one gives a shit about the first season. Yes. But they still... Hey, we, we were there. We, we were there, yeah. A couple of us were there. Um, it was still... It, it's just still interesting to see them go from that and then through a couple managers, through my 11th hour re-signing everyone. I kind of set them up for failure nine seasons ago uh, when Adrian and I had re-signed people because... So, I don't know if I've told this story, but the, what it, what happened was we had exported on my desktop, and this was right around when I moved back to moved to Texas, exported on the desktop, and then I was sending on the laptop at, at that point when I was traveling, so I hadn't, I hadn't actually exported. So all uh, okay. the, the core from San Diego disappeared. I was like, fuck, where did everyone go? There are no extensions here. Yeah. Like, yeah, we went from 25 okay players to eight. So it was, and then you've also got that early league, crazy, everyone going balls deep on FAs that weren't that good anyways, and then you had some of those terrible contracts pop up. And I sucked at the game then too, so I'm not as, you know, I was much worse than I am now. I'm still bad. (laughs) So that, like, combination. Well, everybody can't beat Troy. Everyone, everyone can't beat Troy. Except for Tyler. Yeah. Because they're very similar. I've always said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um... So that set up Hartford, and then of course you know they went through a couple managers, uh, and they just eventually imploded down to the third league. So it's interesting to see them go from top to bottom, and we've talked about that before. Uh, on the top end, you have Oakland. Uh, I really looking at Oakland's team a couple days ago before uh, our five game series. They they've got um, a good rotation. I like their rotation, and then you know their hitters are all like five and six rating guys like across the board it's just good like above average players like there's no one that really sucks in that lineup batting wise but there's also no one that's that really pops out it's just like nine nine dudes that can get on base so it'll be interesting to see them play in the silver league having not followed both leagues enough i don't know where they're gonna sit next season um i think it's gonna be above the midline just because you've got Likely Phoenix and Brooklyn coming down, and they're just god awful. And I think they can beat them. So I could see Oakland like get like contending for number three next season. I, I could see that. I definitely don't think that they're um, a relegation candidate. Interestingly enough, and I don't know how I never knew this, their payroll was twenty eight million dollars this year, which is absolutely insane. It's just it's it, awesome just to see that essentially their team is entirely homegrown. And entirely homegrown. It'll be interesting going forward, like you said. You know, at some point, you do need some type of impact player right. to get up to the SL and compete for the PL. Right. So it'll be interesting what type of moves they um, have made. Obviously, super high fan interest. Um, they did uh, get crushed in the first round of the Tournament of Champions, which we'll get to later. Um, but really interesting future for Oakland. Good to see them get out of the ML. I've always loved their logo. Yeah, I think I, it's, I love it's, their it, logo too. I think that's just classic. Just sharp, one of my favorites. Sharp, clean logo. So always rooted for them. Um, you had Thunder Bay right below them. We gave them a lot of time on the last show. 
Thunder Bay made a lot of moves. Um, they basically are a Br- Brooklyn um, Dodgers nursing home, <laughs> running a payroll up over a hundred million dollars in the third league. In the third league, uh, with Ramos, Ortega, Garcia, all being former, um, all being former Dodgers. Now they're someone who really needs to be promoted this year. Yeah, they need that money boost just pretty much to break even. I think they were leading the promotion series, which we're about to get into. So that's good, uh, but they really need that. They really need to win that second round series against uh, what uh, Rocky? No, against DC. Yeah, DC swept uh, Las Vegas. Uh, they they just swept DC, so it's the other the other side of the bracket. Oh, okay. Um, now, one interesting thing with the addition of stats plus this year, we can really go to the next level. So on the surface. Our Thunder Bay came in at a minus five Pythag, mm-hmm. um, but then when you go to the stats plus, they were very fortunate on the runs they gave up. Right. Uh, so you're really looking at that that balancing out, <clears throat> which is something that you know, I'm glad we have that. We wouldn't be able to do that before. Um, uh, so one other thing from just something to note in the ML. You had Montana, uh, the second team to really, really tear things down, the first being Panama City. Right. Uh, making some in- incremental improvement this year, which I think is important. Yeah, and, you know, the Pandas have gone from the nut low in the in the association to uh, a team that's, uh, you know, got a chance to break out of the third league. I know Andrew was a little disappointed with you know, not making the the series, but I think his team has a couple more years before they can grow up, and uh, you know those those uh, those baby pandas become become big pandas. Yes, and terrorize or whatever his uh, <laughs> his minor league team names. I don't recall the. You have uh, the caterpillars, but then the polar bears, the red oh, the red pandas, the red pandas I'm and sorry. then the then the real pandas. Grow up those red pandas. Yep, and then uh, they're another club that's running a really low payroll. Yeah. So overall, um, even though there was no, all three winners at each level were very clear, um, there was still more noise made in the middle of the tables than we've seen before. Yeah, and we're going to see teams like Oakland and Montana that have, and a lot of the lower teams that have that money cap, like they've got that room in FA, and I think we saw it last season too, the FA, the free agents are are going to the lower leagues. Yes. Like Pittman's probably going to go to a lower league. Uh, the teams at the top, I may have like $15 million to throw around because I'm not ex- extending some team options. I know a couple other teams are that way, but uh, at least in my spot, I- I'm at the point where do I want to keep adding these like two war guys or do I need to start thinking about the next rebuild and start saving that money for later? And I think a couple of the teams might be in that spot. So Pittman and those other big free agents that we're going to see this season are going to go to teams like Oakland, Montana, etc. to get them above that edge. Yeah, and and then you take a, you add about a win and a half, roughly every league you go down. So right. it makes more sense for those teams to to invest in those players to to get a guy because so many we're we're kind of in the same spot in the Premier League, where you know that you have to extend guys even if it's a little bit over market. Yeah, because if it gets out of the open market, things get things get crazy. Right. Um, so well, the biggest change that's taken, pl- taken place in the USBA in a while is switching over from the um, the Premier League playoffs, which were pretty redundant. Yeah. Um, to begin with, you have the the two best teams, 
that played all that played 108 games, and now they're playing five more to determine five to seven more to determine who wins. Yeah. Um, so I know that I haven't been around from the beginning. Um, I know what your vision of the league kind of was from the beginning, but yeah. I think it'd be awesome if, if you shared that and then kind of shared just how the the TOC format right. gets us a little bit closer to what you were originally trying trying to create um, three and a half years ago. Yeah. So originally, it's it's always been an issue of appeasing the people, soccer people, which is what this league is based on, and the you know the Troy people, or I'm sorry, the uh, you know the 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 World Series, you know, luck box, coin flip series people. And so the initial compromise was the um, playoffs at the top, the the three teams, one one with a bye, top two, or uh, second and third play, you know, the original format. That was the compromise to appease kind of both ends of it. Uh, and actually everyone wanted playoffs in the lower leagues, but I didn't want that because... The prize in the lower leagues is promotion. The prize in the upper league is winning everything. Yes. So so the playoffs were that initial compromise. And then you had it transform, try to make it, made it a little longer series, but then that was just like, fuck, I don't want to watch nine games of Boston-Brooklyn. Yep. Um, and then we did the four teams last season, which I think was a good change. I was kind of against it because I thought there was too many teams contending. But when I saw it play out, I kind of... I, it, it felt more right. And then when you came up with the idea of the Tournament of Champions, now we're at, I think we're at the right point for the league where it really is, it's appeasing both people who want the soccer side of it and the tournament side of it, while still staying, enti- staying entirely true to soccer. Yeah, and that that's something that really hit me, it's just... For the, I know there's a lot of diehard soccer fans in the league and some people who don't follow, but uh, it's the model of the kind of like the UEFA Champions League. Yeah. Where we don't have several leagues to intersperse in, what we do have is our three divisions. And in soccer, the stronger leagues get more spots. More, seeds, yeah. more, more spots in the yeah. tournament. So the lower leagues, the ML and the SL being generally weaker leagues yeah. should only get one spot or right. the PL being stronger should get four. Right. Uh, and then one other thing that always bothered me was because the game being what it is, we already bend it to its limits to yeah. begin with, but the game being what it is doesn't recognize um, or gives the playoff money to the teams in the promotion. Right. And uh, so that that's a huge advantage. It was almost more of an advantage if you thought you were going to win – more of a, more of an advantage to finish second because you and can play the seven game, but you can, you can get seven games of playoff revenue. Right, which that's is huge. that's basically adding a star to your team. Yeah. So now then you'd have teams where they would get a ten ten game lead. Yeah. And you shut it down. There's just more strategy going on. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad to see everybody picked up on that because I I felt pretty strongly about it. Um, so now we cover the format and the history. Let's break down this year. Uh, we had Atlanta and um, let's see, Atlanta and Vancouver, yep, and Chicago and Oakland. Oakland. Yep. And I mean, you followed your series a lot closer right. than I did. I've been traveling, so yeah. can you give us a quick recap of that? Uh, so the the Chicago Oakland series was mostly a, a landslide. I believe Game Two was a little closer. Um, I know one concern going in. Andrew mentioned, you know, your, your team's real streaky with uh, offensively. And even my pitching can, can be hit or miss. 
uh, with Ariola not really getting anything over one war, and then all my injuries this season. So, but with Elliott back in the game, crushing souls, yes. going 120 pitches like it's his job. Yep. And then uh, McKinney producing four war this season. I wasn't really too worried about their performances, and then you know my bats just like. You know they performed well, so so that series could have been closer than what it was. I thought it might have gone four games, but uh, that that was a sweep. The Atlanta Louisville, or sorry, the Atlanta Vancouver series. I really wanted to see Dave upset Atlanta because <laughs> that would have been awesome. Yeah, uh, better better storylines, better storylines. And yeah. I think I think going forward we will. I don't think it's crazy to we we will see SL and ML teams yeah. win win that first round. And it, what, honestly, it wasn't out of the realm of. Either of those series going to Game Five. Yeah, uh, they both had um, two quality starters. I think Dave has th- three solid ones. I haven't looked at his team in a little bit, but they both have had the right pieces to make it a close series. Uh, it just didn't happen this time. Yeah, and you're left with you are left with the four PL teams at the top. Um, yeah, which so now, now we're back to the PLGC. So which thanks, thanks for the thanks for playing the <laughs> teams. Yep, but they they they'll take their playoff money and uh, right and they'll get out of there. So um, how are the next next round matchups decided? Okay, so he has it right here. Um, so you you'll start at RC, which will be a yep. really interesting series. Yeah, it, for sure. And then at, even Atlanta, you know, like both of these series are, I think are, I mean, of course Boston's, you know. Always going to do well, but with just with the storyline of Atlanta running hot, it would just now would be awesome to see them topple Boston, yeah. topple the mighty giant. Yep, and we we could see a a decent chance this year of three teams winning different trophies. Right, the, the, the trophies being split up to three different clubs. Right, we have Boston with the shield, uh, Houston with the cup, and then the um, the first ever tournament champions trophy still. Up for grabs, and I really want to see Boston get knocked out so we can make that trophy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when, when, uh, when that's that you, you, breaking news. Uh, breaking news in FPRL. Um, if Boston does not win, we are going to uh, make a trophy for the TOC as well. Um, so stay tuned for that. Everybody, root hard in that direction. So the the other form of playoffs we have besides the TOC. <laughs> We have the promotion relegation. Um, so first, to gain entry into the PL, uh, we have uh, we have Houston and Nova, and that series sits at three one right now. Yeah. So Houston being one of those up and coming teams, uh, like in Oakland, like in Vancouver, uh, with lots of young guys, and Nova's kind of just historically always been that kind of older club, the you know the the legendary Don Brown club. I, I Houston up three one. I don't think there's any circumstance where they don't get promoted. Yeah, I would assume they assume they finish that out. Um, heck of a year for them. <laughs> they get uh, they get all of the cup revenue plus a nice seven game series plus yeah. the, the series um, for the SL or the, the promotion from the SL, and uh, they would also be the third ever team to achieve double promotion. They were they were right. they were in the MLS season and they joined because they had Toledo in California, uh, Toledo, right? Uh, Columbus, Columbus, pardon the old the Columbus old Columbus was the original and then Toledo the, the old Columbus team yeah. and then um, which is now which, which became California then no Columbus became oh, Austin right that's correct so they were double, double promoted and double relegated yeah. um, 
California's and then, old. Who was California before that? I don't remember. Casper uh, or something like that? They might have been, but um, California was the other double promotee. Okay. So, oh yeah, TJ spent an extra year in yeah. the Silver League. Yep, so so the Houston looks like they're a lock to be the, the third team to do that, which is yep. a big deal. Uh, and in the third league playoffs, you have Thunder Bay uh, 4-0 over Vegas. Um, so, Mingo. so the Mingo almost accomplished his goal. He would love he would love to have lost in seven, um, <laughs> but he still got that sweet sweet playoff monies coming his way. And uh, the other side is Rocky Mountain um, three games DC one, which uh, I mean DC who has has a solid club. Um, let's see their payroll. They're at uh, they're at fifty three, so they're not in a, they're not in a crazy area. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did make a move for Ray Sears this year, who came down and took uh, took some of Brooklyn's ashes just, down to DC. Yeah, and just made a mockery of the third league. Um, an OPS over a thousand, four point four WAR in half a season. Yeah, fifty-one games started. It's insane. Uh, it shows. I mean, he's a a really good bargain. I think he'll be a bargain. He's at he's thirty-four right now, and he'll be a bargain through his age. Through his contract. Yeah, down in the in the low, even in the silver league. Yeah. Even if he gets decrepit, I think he still gets two war in the silver league. Yeah. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see who 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 moves on to play there. Right. Um, between you know Thunder Bay, we touched on a little bit earlier, mm-hmm. but with some of the guys they have to not be promoted will be really tough be for them. Crime, yeah, I think I think I think Thunder Bay. I think the series between Thunder Bay and, and likely Rocky Mountain is going to be, um, <coughs> you know, pretty pretty close. Uh, but I think Thunder Bay can take it, and uh, seeing them in the Silver League up there with Oakland would would really make the Silver League pretty interesting. Yeah, this, the Silver League would, it would add to two two solid clubs, I think, that are built for the long term, getting into the Silver League along with uh, a Phoenix and a Brooklyn who, yeah, are, who are going the other way. And they could easily... interesting We could see situation. a double-double re- relegation, which would be just amazing. I mean, not for Matt. I'll see him in a couple weeks and we can talk about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it would be an interesting storyline to see those two former, like, long-time PL clubs... To just now be in the dumps of the third league with Austin and Hartford. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, Thunder Bay is another team that can make some noise if Smith stays healthy. Right, somehow. which is always an issue. Yeah, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, now on the uh, the other side in relegation land, you have uh, in the PL you have Louisville three, Phoenix one. Uh, looks like as expected, Louisville will uh, hang on to their. PL membership, while Phoenix, um, as intended, will head down to the SL. Do you see anything? No, Louisville's one of, the, one of those teams at the entire season where, like, on paper they just didn't look that good, but they still had the chance to just completely fuck your world up. The season and last season, like, they put up some great games and, like, kept it as a fight the whole season to get out of that number eight spot. They did. I think they won 50 games. They did, yeah. And, and Fort Worth pulled away at the end with, with um, 53 over 50. Yeah, Fort Worth over Louisville, but 
the whole season it was them fighting to get out of that eighth spot, which was I mean that's a fun storyline too. It's fun to see who who's going to get out of that just by a win. And uh, Louisville is another club that they were um, they were promoted long ago. And right, they, they haven't went down. Right, they they've been able to stay up. Yeah. Now um, they obviously have. They took advantage of the stadium loophole and some really interesting other things right. in USB history. USB history. Um, I think, and I'll have to check, I think they lost a bunch of money this year. I think so, too, and I know that's why he's not extending Pittman, because if he had money, he would be. And he's all, he is losing, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to drop Wilkins for a team, for the team option next season. He tried trading Wilkins away throughout the season, and I tried offering him, you know, basically nothing for him. Uh, but... I couldn't. He didn't want it, and he wasn't going to get anything from anyone else. So I think yeah. he's just going to maybe try to stay up in the Premier League next season. I don't, I don't think it can happen with the teams coming up. But he can get one more season of okay revenue and have like a $30 million payroll. Have a third league payroll in the Premier League. Yeah, and there, he this club kind of falls into the same trap of because they're not going to win a ton of games, right. their FIs hurt. They would have been better off going down to the SL. They would have won a ton of games. Yeah, in, and, in, and in, build in the that SL. fan interest back up. And yeah. that's another thing that we we haven't. I know it's been touched on occasionally, but I know I didn't consider it on initial conception. And there's not much we can do about it. But it, I know some people think that it it's a little too drastic when you're at the bottom end. And at the same time, you know, if you suck in the Premier League, you suck in the Premier League. Like, your right. fans probably hate that. So, yeah. it, it's kind of a, a balancing act of whether it's realistic or not, but it's still a part of the game that you have to account for. Regardless. It is. It's, it's just, it's a little, it's a little trapdoor. Um, the only, the only way to fix that, yeah. in my opinion, is what it is in real life. The real advantage of being in the Premier League is that you get a shit ton of media revenue. Right. That's the advantage. That's right. the difference between being in the championship and being in the right. Premier League in, in English football is all of that media revenue. And I know that's one thing we tried to cover for this season. Instead of it all being merchandise revenue, which is entirely fan interest based, yeah. now we've got that 10 or 15 million fixed media income for everyone yeah. in the Premier League, and then we scaled back the merchandising. Right. So that's going to kind of counteract the fan interest by a lot, because that's yeah. like guaranteed 15 million Plus, however much you sell, and I think that's I think that that's a that's a step in the right direction. Um, the only it, it's a pain, um, but to possibly manipulate fan interest based on cup runs or things like that. Right. But then you just get into you open that Pandora's box. Yeah, well, and that was something I tried initially, trying to add all those little boosts here and there. Which, yeah. if you recall, that those were some of the cup incentives. Yes, you went so far, you got extra money, you got extra fan interest. But it's a lot of overhead, and it's a lot of touching things that you don't know the exact system behind the back end of it. It's not necessarily something you want, you want to touch in the game. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Um, and in uh, the last the last PR series, you have uh, Grafton Detroit, two former uh, PL clubs that are battling it out to stay in the SL. Um, that series stands at two to two right now. Uh, and I think that one's just a coin flip. Um, they're both that kind of quality teams, and both could easily get relegated. I mean, it's... Right, I don't know if either one is... There's nothing special going on with either of those clubs. Yeah. Um, Grafton does have a lot of... According to OSA, now some scouts don't agree, OSA loves 
Grafton system. Right. Absolutely loves their system. Now, scouts don't agree, um, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, last segment, talk about the, um, to the 2022 USBA Cup. Um, in the, the Champions Cup, let's see, this is, we, we had one season without it, so this is the ninth cup, right? This is the ninth cup. This is the this would be the eighth season with um, all three leagues participating because of course 2014 was just the uh, two leagues, and I think uh, 2015 was the season we switched to the the two cups as well with the Americana. That's correct. They, they might have been 16 because I think I won the first one. Yes, it was 16. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the, the cup has really evolved into exactly what. I mean, going back to the original intent, we've we've got an we've got an FA Cup like this is it exactly you know, with a little bit of American touch to it with the fixed brackets. Uh, and going back to what we were talking about, I see eight silver league teams in the in the in the top cup, so almost the entire silver league participated in the cup, which that's awesome. Uh, yes, almost the whole Civil League was there. Um, you had Montana, another sh- sign of their progress. They won their group. Yeah. Uh, didn't make it out of the round of 16, but still says something about where they're at. Um, now, the, the miracle run, the semi-miracle run from Houston, they had a great spot in the bracket, um, almost. Yeah. They, t- they took Kingston Township of, of ML status, to it took them a third game to yeah. get out of the round of 16, uh, and then they had an all-silver uh, eight, an all-silver four, before meeting Buckhead in the finals. Uh, yeah, the the top half of that bracket was absolutely ridiculously soft. Um, pretty much the only teams it was me and, and me, Houston, and Vancouver. I mean, I don't. You know, there's no one else in that top half that like has a chance, especially when you look at the bottom. You've got Boston, Buckhead, Fort Worth, Atlanta, Oakland. And then you've got the round of eight is basically a top six, like top six matchups from the Premier League. And uh, that's just the luck of the draw for Houston. They won two one-run games over Nova Mm -hmm. in the semis and then won two one-run games again in the finals against Buckhead. Uh, But not to take any credit away from them, they made it through the bracket and made... Well, I think it's pretty significant history. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Being the first non-Premier League team to win the Cup uh, and all the monies that come with that, it's a big deal for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was yeah, it was fun to see them. Well, I would have loved to have delivered the Cup to you today. And I'd be loved to be drinking beer out of it. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, you know, now I have to ship it to fucking Ohio. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it was great to see them win. It was, it, was, it was a fun Cup to follow. And it was great to not see Boston in it. It was... Uh, I was able to not, and that's thanks to you. That should be a cup in its own. That should be the the, the beat Boston Cup. Yeah. Um, I was able to knock them out early, um, but yeah, looking forward to another. I think the cup will just become more fun every single year. Yeah, as parity comes, and right. there's, there's going to be some very tough decisions. If you're if you're a mid mid table uh, PL club, yeah. do you put your resources towards the cup because you only have. You only have there's the the disparity of wins is going to be very low right from from top to bottom table. So if right. you're if you're a five six seven even eight, you may be either fighting to get into the top get a tournament champion spot yeah or get in um, just to save right your spot in the PL. Well, and when you've got when you've got you know five with the cup you've got five to six decision points throughout the season 
where it's a matter of do I organize my seven days so I've got my number one pitch, my number one and number or number two pitching in the cup, or do I save those number one, number twos for the regular season? And when you're talking about six-ish decision points on average, where that's an issue, that's in a 108 game season. You're almost you're close. To, you know, that's like seven percent of the season dedicated to deciding what to do with your top pitchers. And that's going to affect your regular season performance by a few wins. And when we're talking about a Premier League that's going to be potentially, you know, a 10-win spread, a 15-win spread throughout the league, those three wins that maybe you gain by saving those starters is are very important. So it's a big decision point. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, to not take any tension away from the Americana Cup uh, or the, also known as the Loser Cup, uh, you had... You had Richardson City down there and, AK, er, and ACKC, two quality clubs um, that didn't do anything once they got down there. Uh, LOL. Brooklyn had another first round loss in the Americana Cup. That's become a, a quite a nice, that's just, that's, quite, that's great, quite a nice annual tradition in the USBA. USBA. Uh, and then in the finals, you had Rocky Mountain winning a one run game over Philadelphia in the third game. So both cups um, coming down to the wire. Well, and the best part about this cup was the second round exit of Richardson City to Phoenix, which that just that's just the cup in a nutshell, like. Yeah, that shit happens. Yeah, that that absolutely does happen. And you think about that. Um, if, if you're if you're a Phoenix fan, that's your season, right there. Right, that's Phoenix's season. They made it to the semifinals and then lost to a third league team. They, and then <laughs> they, they turn around and lost uh, lost a third league team. Got a little bit of money, um, but you know, in Phoenix, they're going to print DVDs of that game. <laughs> absolutely, their their entire run. Yeah. Uh, so. Went through everything. Um, the last thing I need from you, I need uh, I need tournament champions predictions here. I need uh, I need the two semifinals and then okay. I need the, the final prediction. Um, well, for the Chicago series, I was seven and five over Rock City this season, which is essentially a coin flip as well. I think I think I can play against their ball club. Um, I really like my hitting. I think I can. I think I can win in seven. I'm, of course, I'm always going to say that because I want to fucking win. Absolutely. But I think I can. I think I can beat him in six or seven. I think the. It, I think Boston probably wins in seven. Maybe six against Atlanta, but Atlanta could easily just go on a fucking crushing run and beat him in five. So I, I'm going to go with Boston, but I think Atlanta is feasible. All right, and, and then, then the, 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 the the finals. So you have you have Chicago, Atlanta. Or Chicago, 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 Boston. Boston. Yeah, Chicago, I think Boston. Boston crushes me in in, in six. I, I don't. I don't think I can take him. All right. Well, uh, that wraps up episode ten of FPRL, the first ever live podcast edition. Brett, good to have you here. You too, Curry. Thanks for having me.